Welcome back to Men You Are Not Alone. My name is Justin O'Quinn, and this is the second episode that I'm recording. And so I want to pick up where I left off from the first one a little bit, but just the theme of it, that men, you are not alone. And as I said in the previous episode, I think those are the four most important words that men in our world today need to hear. You are not alone. And I think that that is one of the biggest lies that men believe. And I'm watching kind of a a two-pronged approach. Uh, For a little bit of back context, back in September of 2020, I wrote a book called Men, You Are Not Alone, uploaded it to Amazon where they have consequently buried it. Um, It's pretty much impossible to find. Um, And I didn't know why I had written that book. It was in my head and it just, I basically wrote it as fast as I could type. Um, I didn't even edit it. I just got on Amazon, figured out how to format it, um, did the chapter, stuff like that, and just booted it up to Amazon and kind of threw my hands up. But that book took years and years of observations in working with men and what they had taught me about us and put them into a more concise format that I could explain or it would make it easier to explain. And now doing this podcast, it's forcing me to become more concise. I want to be concise and cogent. I want to deliver a good message, a meaningful message to men uh, in small bites. Meaningful bites. So in, in writing the book, I learned that in my previous eight years of co-leading a men's group, that I had spent much of my time treating symptoms or addressing symptoms in men. And in the long term, that was not bringing healing to men. Um, it was helping them through their storms, but was it wasn't ultimately making a lasting, impactful change in their life. Not something that would alter their course in a better direction necessarily. And so writing the book kind of helped me sort through symptoms, but in the process to start digging for the real issue. And I'm going to talk about this for one second, and then I'll move in the direction of the real issue. And so in writing the book, I realized there's two big lies that men believe, and this is universal around the world. And I I don't know that it's always been this way. But I know it has been for the past eight to ten years. And the the first one is that men believe they're alone. We believe we are alone. And I see this every day. As I said in the previous episode, I'm a project manager for a construction company. Um, Any given month, there are hundreds and hundreds of men who float through my job sites. And I know most of them. And, And I am blessed in that regard to have so many men who pass in and out of my world. Some of them stay longer. Some of them don't. Um, And and then I've I've had a men's group that I've recently just sort of taken a break from that I've co-led for the past eight years um, just to kind of recoup and regroup and figure out how to move from being a local um, impact to a little bit larger impact in a way that that has longevity to it in a man's life. And I have no idea how to do that right now. But this is my journey, and hopefully in that journey, 
other men come up onto the path with me. And we figure this out together. But two lies that men believe. One, that we're alone. Uh, the second one is that we are crazy if we talk about uh, the storms that we're in. That is universal in men. I can count on that without fail every time. So I am not a typical construction manager. I have sat, I try to treat people well because I came out of the trades. So now I'm on the other side and I have a chance to uh, make people's lives better, help them enjoy their lives, enjoy coming to work, going home and hugging their wives, hugging their kids and smiling and saying, today was a good day, a good day. I get to play a role in determining that or helping that possibility exist for them. And so I work hard for that. But because I do things a little bit different, I don't just crack a whip. Actually, I rarely crack a whip on anybody because I care about people too much. And so a lot of men confide in me about things. And after years and years of listening to people in construction, I mean, big, tough, burly guys, uh, uh, men in church, uh, men in the group that I have co-led for eight years, you know, as men drift in and out, uh, they all have the same. Those two things are always true. We believe we're alone. And if we talk about our troubles or our storms that we're in, people will think we're crazy. And those are two lies that men believe. And I would like to dispense with those lies because you are not alone. I will guarantee you, men, you're going through a storm right now if you are. And if you're not now, you will be. Um, and and that is the nature of life. I always try to tell men, don't 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 pray that your life is easy. Pray that God makes you into a stronger man. Like that is a more worthwhile journey, or at least for me, it is. Um, but you are not alone. So I don't care what you're going through. I I can I can tell you from experience. Look around you. Look at the men who are passing in and out of your circle pass you in life daily. There is somebody right around you that's going through, if not the same issue, in the same way, it is very close. You are definitely not alone. And that is one thing that I have been able to use our group with is to pop men's eyes open, to open their eyes, remove the scales from their eyes and let them see the just how unalone men really are. Um, and it doesn't matter what storm has walked through the door, over the threshold, into where our group met. Um, and guys came in, and I had met met with many of them before they came. They were very apprehensive about coming into the men's group. Um, but the, uh, but they trusted me. and I And I tried not to ever betray that. But they would come through the door, and when they started talking, you could see faces just light up around the room, uh, empath you know, empathetic faces, you know. And before they were done talking, fifteen minutes into it, they're like, "All of you guys have like all of you guys over there have been through this," and it just shatters that lie that they were alone. And a lot of men will believe that. We believe that about ourselves. Some of us go our entire lives believing that. My grandpa was that way. He told nobody 
anything about his troubles, his struggles, or the storms that he went through. He kept it to himself. And I don't know if that was part of his generation, uh, that Depression era. He grew up in the Depression. Uh, maybe they just tended to keep that stuff in. But, but it was still just as much of a lie then as it is now. We're not alone. And we're not alone on this earth. We aren't intended to be. Uh, the second one that uh, that uh, that men uh, the second lie that men believe is that if they talk about their their troubles, they're going to be viewed as crazy. And I don't disagree with them. A lot of times that is the case. It's not based on paranoia. It's based on observation, and that's where that fear is born from in men. But they do. We live in a culture in the United States where if a to this point, if a man were just to say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with, he would be chastised. Not so much by other men. Other men would be empathetic to him. But the rest of our culture, there is no place for that. You don't see it on the news. You don't see it on... Uh, well, it, I tell you where it's evidenced. Look around the country and see how many resources there are to help men struggling. There aren't any. I mean, there aren't any hardly. Almost none. Look for domestic violence shelters for men. Look for, uh, you know, how many places openly and actively cater to men struggling with PTSD from whatever the cause is. Where do you see those advertisements? Where do you see those billboards? Where do you hear that on the radio? You don't. Um, where do you see it advertise that the man who has children put his head, his teeth kicked in and can't feed his children? Where is the, the advertisement, the, the, the movies uh, in our entertainment world on the radio where that man who's a good man or a good father, something in life has happened and he is unable at the moment to get back on his feet fast enough to feed his own children. And he won't talk about it because he thinks he's alone. And if he does talk about it, he's going to sound crazy or weak or like there's something dysfunctional or wrong about it. Now, if you're a woman, you can, you can do whatever you want in this country. Oh, I don't have a job. I have eight kids from different fathers. I need some help. The world will come running. Not always. But it, there's no shame in that. You know, culturally, there's no shame in it. If a man says once, I can't feed my children this weekend, he could be laughed at. He could be made fun of, considered to be weak, broken, have his kids taken away from him before anybody might offer help. So no wonder men are afraid to open up. And so in writing the book, I realized this forms a very powerful feedback loop for men. So men, we view ourselves as alone in our storms, which is an outright lie. It's a deception. We are alone in our storms. So if we're alone in our storms, it, we, Japanese culture has a phrase that says, don't be the nail that sticks out, that stands out. Because that's the nail that gets hit. 
So be the same height, stick out of the wood the same amount. I don't even know if the Japanese actually use wood. This could be some made-up U.S. thing that they pin on the Japanese. Um, but anyway, so men have been groomed in this nation. Don't be the nail that stands out. Well, if, if you can't feed your kids or you have a storm in your life, well, you're going to stand out. But the sad part is you're in great company because probably more than half the, half the men around you are going through the same kind of storm or they just got out of it. So, and then men are afraid of saying something because they'll be viewed as crazy, which feeds back into that they're alone. Um, and it reinforces, don't talk because you'll be crazy. And I, I, I probably did a terrible job of representing that. But it does form a feedback loop where the aloneness, the solitary view, the lie feeds into that fear of being viewed as crazy because other men aren't talking about it. So therefore, I must be alone in this. No other man can be experienced because no other man is talking about it. And that's how this feedback loop feeds itself. And it's exceedingly destructive to the men in our culture, especially good men and fathers. And I think it is intentional. I think it's it's a well-crafted, very simple device to bring men down. It's a way to... Uh, Silence and marginalize good men and fathers in our nation so that they don't perhaps take a stand, rise up, say, no, I'm not going to allow this to happen on my watch. Uh, those sort of things. It's a good way to uh, neuter the warriors on your field. Well, that's not even fair to say. Eunuchs, a lot of times, a lot of times warriors were eunuchs. So uh, you get the point. It's a way to emotionally neuter warriors that you may need on the battlefield to protect the culture of your people. So anyway, so that is that feedback loop. Um, and, and, and the last thing I'll say for this episode is, as I explored those two, I thought, well, maybe that's the real issue. But it's not. Those are symptoms, and those are two symptoms that I spent years and years addressing with men. You're not alone. You're not crazy if you talk about it. It won't make you crazy, which was tremendously beneficial to them to learn that and to not be afraid to take something that was a storm in their life, take it out of the darkness, and put it in the light on the table in front of everybody and realize other men weren't laughing at them. Other men didn't think that they were weak. Other men didn't think that they were dysfunctional or crazy or any of that. The other men looked at him like, oh, you're just like me. And in that community was building fast in the men's community or the men's group with that. But that is not, neither one of those are the real issue. And so the next episode, I may start, I, I'm going to keep moving in the direction of the real issue. Because it's simple. But it's it's been used very effectively to dismantle the valuable role of good men and fathers in our culture, and it has actually kind of made it the made those the enemy of our culture. But I'll get to that in the next episode, and I'm starting to become more relaxed now. I'm not as terrified of this microphone sitting in front of me, and so as I can relax, I'm hoping I can speak more relaxed. But anyway, I appreciate you tuning in. If you're one of the 1.5 people who did, um, I do appreciate it. 
and just stick with it. I think that over time, this is going to go somewhere. And I am not a tech guy, so uh, I don't even know what to do with Audacity when I get done recording it, except hit save and then export. So that's about the extent of my tech savviness, And but it is recording, and and this is what I needed, needed to get started. So thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on episode three if you come back. If you don't, I wish you well with your endeavors.